0: Hello and welcome to Breathe, Motherhood, and All It Entails. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how healthcare workers can better support moms in subsequent following pregnancies, following a pregnancy that ended in stillbirth or needle-needle natal, natal death. So today's episode, since it's more directed towards healthcare workers, I highly recommend that if you have a healthcare worker in your life, that you can pass this on to them, give them your own two cents, and um, or not, and just allow this podcast to be your two cents to help them feel support like to help them better support us as lost moms who are now pregnant again, expect another child as we all know, that it can be a highly, highly stressful, anxiety-ridden experience. It's an experience where we have no guarantee. There's not like, oh, I made it past the first trimester. Okay, everything's good and dandy. Or even like, oh, made it past the anatomy scan. Okay, everything looks great. Or, oh, you know, we're in the third trimester. Home stretch. We know that death, tragedy, it can happen at any minute. It happens with healthy babies. It happens obviously with not healthy babies. Healthy people can have not healthy children. Healthy people can have a healthy baby and it's still meaningless. So a strong, good sounding heartbeat is not that reassuring. An active baby does not mean that they're going to be active tomorrow or through the night or in the next hour. Um, We know that disaster is around every corner. And so that can be incredibly anxiety um, inducing. And so the first thing I want to talk about is Healthcare workers, your language, your terms, they matter. They matter. Um, the, I was uh, just recently at a prenatal appointment and I'm at a new clinic. They're going through my health pregnancy history with me and they referred to my loss as a miscarriage. And that really hurt. You know, it had been three and a half years. But it still hurt. And I wanted to be like, "Um, excuse me, he wasn't a miscarriage. He was a fully developed baby that passed away completely capable of living outside the womb without any type of NICU help. Like, this baby was full term, healthy, ready to go. Do not dare call him a miscarriage. Like, I didn't have a miscarriage. He was stillborn. He died at term. And it really, really bothered me. And I have heard other moms again and again talk about how when they're still or referred to as miscarriages, how they just feel so invalidated and that they don't understand and all of this and that. And so healthcare workers, please use the correct terms. That would be A. <laughs> B, also, you know, when you say like, okay, it was termed still, acknowledge the humanity of our child, right? We didn't, yes, I get that technically, like, I don't know. I, I know that it's like technically ruled as a pregnancy loss. I get that. I think it's kind of dumb. Like, we're still pregnant. We still have a baby inside of us. We still have a placenta inside of us. You know, we got a big belly. We totally look pregnant. Um, so the idea of like a pregnancy loss, we didn't lose our pregnancy, for a lot of us moms, we were at the end of our pregnancy already. Our pregnancy was coming to an end. Like, that was a natural end to our pregnancy is, is birth, right? And so we still give birth to our babies. So pregnancy loss, we didn't lose our pregnancy. We lost our child. And so I think understanding the humanity of our loss is really, really helpful. Rather than just being like, oh, sorry for your pregnancy loss. You know, um, yeah, we didn't lose our pregnancy, for a lot of us, our pregnancies were at term. They were basically completed. Um, we were on the any day now this baby is going to be born, you know, total baby watch time. And so recognizing that and recognizing that our loss was the death of our child. It wasn't our pregnancy. That's really, really helpful because that can feel very, you know, just kind of like degrading and dehumanizing the process. of like, nope, you know, that's not what I lost. I lost my baby. So please acknowledge that. And then also, you know, ask about their names, ask about their birth weight, you know, be intrigued about them like you would be for a living child. At my last appointment, they didn't ask anything. Nobody I saw asked, you know, it came out that he was a boy. They wanted genders of all my children. So it came out he was a boy, but, um, they never asked his name. They asked nothing about him. Now my living son and my living daughter, they wanted to know their names. And so that really was just a slap in the face. Like, oh, because my one son's dead, he doesn't count. He's less human. Like, his name doesn't matter. Like, he has a name. Say his name acknowledge him as a person again that recognizing of humanity that is so so important and something i really really encourage healthcare workers to understand is that we lost a baby this is a human being okay this is a person this baby has personhood they have an identity they have a name so ask us about that show some intrigue in our child rather than just kind of passing over like it's a medical condition and the way my thing was done it completely was done as if it was a medical condition It was kind of treated in the same way that they asked about gestational diabetes and preeclampsia And if I had had any history with either of them or high blood pressure Like my son is in a very different category than whatever my blood pressure is and so Yeah, he's not a medical condition. It's not an illness. It's not a disease, you know, they were like, oh i'm so sorry I you know hate to take you down memory lane I think that's another thing that's kind of triggering like I hate to take you down memory lane is if we forgot like Um, we never forget that our child died. Thank you very much. For most of us, it's the most traumatic thing we've ever been through in our life. It's by far the hardest thing we've ever been through in our life. It's not something we just forgot. It's not like, oh, let me think back and try to remember. Like, no, it's clear as day right there. Like, there's no going back memory lane trying to figure out the details. Like, oh, so sorry to bring this up. As if, you know, we might have forgotten this day that one of our children is dead. So, you know, be sensitive. Think about it. Like if if you are a healthcare worker and you have children, if one of your children were to die, would you just kind of forget about them and somebody asked you about it and it would kind of, oh, right, that happened. I'm reminded. I can guarantee you your answer is going to be no. So likewise, we don't forget about our kids, okay? Whether they were born, you know, right before their birth, right after their birth, like, we remember our children, okay, we delivered our babies, and even in my healthcare thing, you know, they asked about how he was delivered, and so I was like, oh, vaginally, and they're like, oh, so you had to, like, push him out, and I was like, uh, yeah, duh, like, how else do you think he was born? It was either that or a c-section, but either way, I still would have had to deliver him, like, they're both forms of delivery, you know, he didn't evaporate, I couldn't just have a heavy period, I mean, like, this is a full-term child you know I tried to inform her yeah he's my biggest baby I've ever had like uh yeah yeah I had to deliver him I just told you I was over 39 weeks pregnant so again like use common sense now if you need to specify oh did you have a c-section or did you have a vaginal delivery totally understandable that's fine I get that for medical history you need to know that whether the child lives or passes those types of questions are okay but kind of acting all like oh you had to like have him you know you are in healthcare, so let's be professional about this kind of use a little bit of common sense yes of course we did the baby is so big you have to deliver them there's no other way to have the baby um and again just it 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 acknowledges their humanity and acknowledges their personhood you know this this is a real baby yes and as moms we as a general rule want to deliver our babies. We want to see our babies. We want pictures of our babies. We want to make memories with our babies. So of course we delivered them. And for a lot of us, it's almost a blessing because it's like one of the few things we got to do that was like a real life mothering experience. I mean, experience obviously what it wasn't what it should be, but it's one of the few things we got to do. So kind of treating that with the respect and the reverence that it deserves, I would highly, highly recommend. And then Um, some other points that I would just like to, to make is, you know, obviously showing that interest, you know, treating it as a sensitive topic, but not acting just kind of creeped out by it, not just trying to pass over it. Um, you know, not just kind of brushing it to the side, like actually acknowledging it and realizing like, okay, yep, I've read this, you know, offering your apologies, but just recognizing our children that pass just like you would our living children you know including that including that in um in that same way when I actually came and saw the lady that was giving me my appointment she never even mentioned him and so later I was like um I'm not sure if you're aware but I should like oh yeah I, I did see that in the notes I was like okay well you know maybe acknowledge that so I'm not like trying to figure out does the person even sh- looking after my care, do they even know that this occurred? Like, because I have some questions because that's in my history about some things, you know, don't make us just be these investigators trying to figure out, did you read our notes? How much of our notes do you understand? Do you not understand? Like bring these things up so that that can be a natural conversation. And we're not like priming the well, trying to get like all the information out. I've had many prenatal visits where I'm like do they know this do they not know this or they walk in and they have no idea they've not read my notes they come in very unprepared and I get that it can be busy that you might not always read notes before but the fact of the matter is is you never know who's in that behind that closed door and so I highly highly recommend at least skimming notes for certain things and if you see certain things actually reading the notes before coming in so that you come in prepared and ready to have that professional Um, conversation and dialogue and where that person is like, okay, I can trust this individual and you know, I feel safe. I feel comfortable. I feel heard. My child's humanity has been recognized and all those amazing things. So those are all things I highly, highly recommend from healthcare workers and then just take your cues from the parent. Obviously every person is different. Their needs are different. What they want is different. So take your cues from them. You can straight up ask them, you know, don't treat us like we're fragile breakable porcelain dolls we're not you know it's okay you can have real human discussions with us and I think all those things are just really really important and so that would be my encouragement to you as you are dealing with moms like myself and others that have experienced loss Um, and definitely you know keep learning keep reading up have that be part of your education just like the happier, funner parts of your job is. I'm sure this is like the downside of your job, but there is a lot of us in society. And so um, the way that you handle us and treat us is really, really important because we're talking about our children and children that have passed away. and, And when we come to see you, we're at points in our life where we're highly sensitive, we're highly vulnerable and you know we're really close to entering that phase of being like re-traumatized you know we're living like right on the edge there of something that was really really horrible and awful but at the same time you know there's a beauty in our children and there's a love for them and we don't all want to look at it as like oh it's this gray storm cloud now we're gonna move on to rainbows and butterflies like our children are still blessings they're their own version of a rainbow, you know, and, and understanding that. And so I think that that's really, really important as well. And so something to consider. Um, I also personally would recommend asking a mom if she, like, is using the term rainbow baby. If she isn't, you know, how her feelings upon that. I know some women love that term and use it all the time. And other women are very against it and find it almost offensive. Um, I definitely fall more into the latter category. I can explain my reasoning as... Maverick to me is not a storm cloud he wasn't a dark season that just passed over me and now we've moved on and everything's great and sunny no he's if we're gonna use the storm and rainbow metaphor he's his own rainbow each of my children are their own rainbows one isn't more rainbowy than the next um and yes losing him was the hardest thing ever but for me personally to deal with But that doesn't take away from all the joy and happiness he brought me. Um, And none of my other children, like, replace that or make it okay because they're here. Um, Yes, their lives, their existence, it's a beautiful and it's an enormous blessing. And um, I think of my son born after Maverick as more of my miracle baby because I never really thought... After losing math, that it was possible for me to bring home a baby, and so let alone a baby boy. And so, when I did, I like literally, he's just my miracle that like, he's here, he's alive, he's healthy, and he's thriving. And I just feel like it's a miracle. But he's not like my rainbow that made everything okay with his brother passing. So, for me, I just do not like that term, and I know of plenty of other women that have similar to the same feelings as I do. And then I know other women that love the term rainbow and throw it around all the time. So I would just really kind of take my cues from your patient. Again, everybody's gonna be different. Straight up ask them, this is something you want us to use, not want us to use, whatever. Um, but definitely, you know, go off of their vibes and what their desires are. It's very, very personal, right? Just like so many other things in medicine and in life. So anyways, those are some of my biggest recommendations to you as healthcare professionals. Also, as appointments go on, check in, see how your patient doing also like mentally because of their past experiences? How are they doing psychologically? That should be a huge part of their care and something that's checked in on as much as like their physical care and if they're needing things for their own peace of mind for their own comfort and you're thinking you know that's probably a little excessive i don't think they need it i would say be very understanding and be very supportive of kind of the checks and balances they're wanting to take because it's usually a mental psychological thing and it makes them feel better and there's a reason they're wanting it and if it provides them any kind of peace or calm it's so worth it I mean we all know anxiety stress is not good for pregnancy so doing everything we can to alleviate that and support them in that I think is really really important as well and so helping them um kind of feel too like you're a team, not like, well, I'm the healthcare professional, so I make all the decisions, and you're just kind of along for the ride. Like, no, we're a team. We're gonna make these decisions together. Your wishes, your wants, your desires, they're gonna be A, heard, and B, they're gonna be equally brought in, and you can also give them, obviously, and I think it's important to do so, your medical expertise and recommendations. And then together, make a plan. But you know, be clear, you know, we're a team on this. This isn't dictator me and, you know, peasant you, like, we're a team on this, and ultimately, at the end of the day, they're the mom, they're the dad, so they get to make the final decision, because it's their child, it's their baby, and then respecting that decision, whether you think it's irresponsible, or whether you think it's utterly crazy, and, like, way over the top protective, just, like, just acknowledging it, you know, if you really do think it's dangerous and bad, you can give, you know, your critique, kind of, where you're coming from, but then again, like all things in parenting, respect their their end goal. Because at the end of the day, I think healthcare workers have to be reminded that you're working for the patient. Like the patient isn't working for you. They're not doing you a service to be there. You're providing them a service. It's a service they're paying for. They're paying a lot of money for this service. And so at the end of the day, that's who you work for. Um, And so their hopes, their dreams, that needs to be respected and conveyed. And I think if we had more of that mindset in medicine where it was more patient focused and a realization that, you know what, it's because of this patient I have my job and my job is to serve them, I think it would really, really help healthcare as a whole, um, And so just kind of keeping that in the back of your minds and just having these conversations and dialogues with these people um, and doing it in an understanding and a kind, loving, loving way, um, I think is really, really wonderful. And just really explaining to them the process of things, being very clear. Um, You know, they've been through a lot. And so that can just be they might just need that reassurance. Um, even if you're like, man, we've gone over this again and again, and again, or we keep having this conversation, you know, they just might need that extra reinsurance that other people don't. And so not getting frustrated or irritated them and just allowing it, understanding that. And kind of just seeing where they're coming from you know I always say try to put yourself in the veil to shoes and ultimately we can never do that unless we've had that experience one really similar to it and even then it's never ever the exact same experience the exact same people we're all different and I get it But similar experiences can create empathy, it can create better understanding and sympathy. And so really trying to put yourself in their shoes and understanding where they're coming from, even if you fully don't get it, um, I think is a great first step. As well as, you know, just watching your dialogue and your language and, you know, your tone and kind of what you're conveying to them. Um, those are all just really really important things and you know you can even be like hey do you have questions what would make you feel better is there anything we're not doing that you would really like or we're hoping for and kind of giving them that platform to share you know that can be a great thing too rather than having it feel like it's that assembly line care where it's like here's your five minutes okay time's up bye, go you know recognizing that you know these these patients they might need a little bit more time. They might need, they might have more questions. They might need more reassurance. They might need to go over things a few more times, um, to just give them that peace, um, or at least as much peace as they can experience. And I think again, recognizing that not every mom might not be worried. Some moms still might be pretty laid back and feel pretty good. Other moms might be doing pretty good until they hit a certain point in their pregnancy. And then it's like high alert they're really struggling. Um, and again, never making them feel crazy or silly if they're constantly rushing to labor and delivery because of feeling decreased movement or lack of movement, you know, but supporting those things and understanding where they're coming from and, you know, being their advocate. And I think that those are all just really, really important things that um, really allows for a, gr- a great experience for any patient, but especially a patient that's been through something like bereaved moms and dads who've lost babies, you know, at the end of pregnancy, who've lost babies, you know, after pregnancy and they're just scared and they're nervous and they need that assurance and that care and to feel heard and understood and that you're taking the time that they need with them. And so I think those are all just some of my best recommendations for how to care for us and how to allow us to feel more comfortable and safe in your care and just provide a better prenatal experience all the way around. So if you are a healthcare worker, I can't thank you enough for listening, taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I hope it's been helpful. I hope it's encouragement to you. Um, Again, for our regular listeners, these are things that if you agree with that you can definitely, I would encourage you to speak up and share with your care providers, you know, have them listen to us, whatever it is you want to do. But um, I want to be your advocate and help you have the best experience that you can have in a subsequent pregnancy following following such trauma. Um, and so definitely anything you can do, you know, stand up for yourself, be your advocate, give them everything that they need to better, better serve you and, and your needs. And so definitely stand up for yourself. But again, if you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a review, rate our show. Um, if you want to connect with us, share your story, email us at maverickjohnconnis@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We always love to hear from you. And we hope that you have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, we can't thank you enough for taking this time to be with us. And remember that new episodes drop every Friday at 12 a.m. Pacific time, 3 a.m. Eastern time, and we cannot wait to have you join us again next week. Um, Have a blessed, blessed week. Know that you're in my heart, you're in my mind, you're in my prayers, and um, I'm wishing you a peaceful weekend.